Hello and welcome to Meet Our Makers, an artist interview podcast produced in association with Beats Per Minute. I'm your host, Jeremy J. Fissett. On this episode, we get to meet Sky Edwards, who is the lead singer of the famed trip-hop band Morchiba. In this chat, Sky and I discuss quite a bit about their newest Morchiba record, Blackest Blue, which is the 10th album the group has released in their 25 years. We talk about what it means for her to still be doing this after so many years with Morchiba, and we take a detour to look back at the origin of the group and the origin of its very first record, 25 years ago. We talk about her departure and eventual return to Morchiba in the 2000s, as well as some of the accuracies and inaccuracies that the label Trip Hop had when it was inevitably ascribed to their sound. We discuss her solo records, her somewhat recent tenure as the band's lead lyricist, as well as what's to come and how this past year has treated her. So please enjoy, and thank you for listening. This is me meeting Sky Edwards. This is it's ten o'clock here, ten p.m. So bedtime, but uh, yeah, that's past my bedtime. <laughs> um, what, where where are you, and what time is it? It is five o'clock here. I'm in Connecticut, near New York. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, yeah. We were very confused on the, on the time zones, <laughs> trying to f- figure out what time it would be there. So I'm glad. I'm glad you're here. Thank um, you. Thank- of course. Thank you for uh, agreeing to come on when it's so late. <laughs> yes. good. Um, so how have you uh how have you been? I know the record's coming out soon, but how have you been these uh past few months? Yeah, not too bad. Um the, yeah, the record's coming out um May 14th and uh we've shot a, a couple of videos, so that's kept us busy. Um, you know the weather's getting a little bit better here as well so that makes life just easier when there's a bit of sunshine in the sky and you can get out for walks and stuff and my kids are back in school this last week so yeah I can't complain that's good are they um I'm asking because I'm I'm also I'm a teacher are they physically in school yeah they are yeah okay I'm always just curious about that Okay, yeah. So what's what's happening over over your way then? Are the kids back in school and it depends on where you go. Um, I think a lot of us are. We are. My school is. Um, we've been uh, we were a little bit of both in the beginning of the year, kind of there and then home and then back and all that um, you know, all that fun switching. Mm-hmm. But we've been pretty consistent since November. Excellent. Um I you know, we still have students who are fully at home and they, they, they beam in from the internet, um, which is great that we can do that. But yeah, I can't wait till we're just all able to be back. Excellent. Yeah. I don't know what it's like elsewhere in our, in the, in, in my neck of the woods, but in Connecticut, I know most of us, I think are, are in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good that it hasn't been too bad. You're right. The weather is getting better. It's getting better here too. I mean, there's something about a winter in quarantine. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not great. <laughs> yeah. We had um, a mad day, like um, maybe 
or just under a week ago. Um, well, it was the first day of like so semi lockdown, so the bars um, were opening. You know, us being Brits, we just like to go to the pub. <laughs> um, and uh, so on that day, we'd arranged to meet some friends um, and have a walk and go to the pub. And it was like heavy, heavy snow. It was crazy. Oh wow! Heavy snow, and then you know by midday. Like, I mean, enough to build a snowman. And then by <laughs> midday, it, it all disappeared. It's just like crazy. I know. It's that weird in-between time. But yeah. I'm sure it was worth it to be out with friends for the first time probably in a while. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, how is, I, I just genuinely don't know, how is the um, vaccination going in the UK? It seems to be going really well. Um, they're getting okay. it. They're getting it out. They're sort of going down the ages. So um, we're in the sort of uh, sort of mid forties now. So they started off, you know, with the the older and vulnerable, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know. So I'm kind of hanging in there. And my, <laughs> I'm going to be forty nine in May. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I got my my letter today. Oh, fun. <laughs> I know. It's nice that it feels like we're kind of turning a corner. Yeah. It, I mean, I it's, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling because we we are, but then we still have so many restrictions. So it's like, take the vaccine, but you're still not allowed to do this and you're still not allowed to do that. And we've got mm-hmm. to get tested and, and then traveling. I mean, then that's a whole other, you know, uh, thing to deal with because, uh, you know, we could be all vaccinated here in the UK, but then, you know, do you want to really go to to other countries that maybe aren't, um, you know, in the same uh, level? So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a weird, 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 weird. I know. I mean, I remember towards the beginning of all of this last year, you know, after that initial wave of thinking we were going to be good by summer, um, you know, people kind of started saying, oh, I don't know if we'll be normal, quote unquote, until 2022. Yeah. That's and it felt, it felt so outlandish, but maybe that's, maybe that's going to really be true. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel 2022. So, you know, we've got some gigs on the calendar, which is nice. So mm. we'll see if, if they happen. They're outdoor in the UK. Mm-hmm. We've got a few in France and Spain. Um, not so hopeful about the ones um, where we need to fly, but certainly the ones in the UK, it feels like they could go ahead. But we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. I know. International touring is going to be rough for a while, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully you guys can get out there a little bit, yeah. especially with the new record out or coming out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we've been mentioning this new record, you and Ross Godfrey. Um Blackest Blue is the name of the new album. It comes out May 14th on Cartel. Um, I hadn't realized this, but it's actually your, it's Martiba's 10th album. It is, yeah. Which is kind of, that's kind of such a nice number, (laughs) you know? Not everyone gets to get to that 10th album. Yeah. How does it uh, feel to still be able to to make the music you want to make and put out Martiba albums? Yeah, it feels good. I mean, somebody asked me this the other night, like, it's you know, so it's your 10th Martiba album. It's like, well actually it's not my tent <laughs> that's i know i know <laughs> like 10, i know like, well i kind of there was two that i wasn't on um but um still here we are you know 2021 
Mm-hmm. Uh, 25 years um we've been going and it's it's just amazing I feel like it's the best record that we've made it's a it's a cliche to say that it's, <laughs> it's always the best record you've made but it just it feels really good um and you know the videos that we've made that we've put out there it's had we've had a really good response to the the first couple of singles that have been out and um so yeah I'm excited for everyone to hear the rest of the album yeah, from the singles, it, it sounds maybe a little bit moodier than uh, a lot of the Merchiba stuff, you know, moodier, maybe a little bit more nighttimey, kind of moonlit is sort of the vibe <laughs> that I get from a lot of those songs. Yeah. Um, what were some of the major sort of driving motivations or, or influences behind this one? Um, I mean, I would say, um, you know, family and well just I mean just everything really I mean as as usual just you know just um right from the heart and uh sometimes don't even realize it until the end of it it's like oh shit that song's about (laughs) such and such so um but um you know there's been a bit of uh turmoil in you know within the family and stuff and um which I won't go into too much detail, but mm-hmm. um, so it was just good to be able to to get it out and write it down. And um, but then there's also moments of of just bliss, um, you know, in, in which was our first single, "Sounds of Blue." It's just talking about my free diving experience that I had in Thailand, and um, you know, songs about kinship and. And then, yeah, you've got a breakup song on there too, which is just beautiful. So, you know, and then other tracks that are just um, like the end of the the, uh, edge of the world, which is lyrically open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. Are you typically a very personal lyricist? Um, Yes, I think I am. It's just uh, just how I tend to write. I mean, but it's I haven't been the more Chiba lyricist um, for that long. So it's it, oh, okay. it was Paul Godfrey, the older brother, um, that was the more Chiba lyricist. Um, and then he left the band um, 2014. And then um, we did a Sky Ross album um whilst we were going from through some stuff with Paul and then then we um were able to call ourselves more Chiba and brought out Blaze Away and so that was my first um you know uh, time at uh, writing lyrics for more Chiba but written lyrics for my four solo albums so I've had a lot practice right um and then so so you're now the primary lyricist of Morchiba. So on past Morchiba records where you weren't, um, did you come up with melodies or production ideas? Melody. I was the melody maker. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what hand do you have in production now? Or do you? It's Ross. Ross is the producer. Okay. Yep. He's the I'm one. always curious how duos Triduous. work. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, you know, the song could start with just an acoustic guitar or piano or, or you know, drum beat or just, you know, a, a semi-formed um, backing track. And then he'll email it, his idea, and then I'll, you know, stick on the, the headphones, go into my little 
it's my sewing room which I have a microphone in there and <laughs> um, my husband Steve uh, sits at the controls and hits record and then I'll you know hum a melody half you know singing a melody half words just throw the odd word in there and then um, email that back to Ross and if he likes the melody then I'll listen over and over to the melody and try and write words to it or sometimes I've got words already that I've written you know for a poem and I'll you know make that fit if it, if it sort of um, works that way. So you kind of just it's sort of a natural evolutionary sort of process. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so you did already sort of mention but the debut Marchiba album Who Can You Trust did come out 25 years ago um which must I can I can imagine that must feel sort of odd (laughs) does it feel like 25 years um no I mean you know I had a a sort of a drunken night one time just (laughs) like you know as actually a a few times we've had a few drunken Saturday evenings we just sort of um and we've discovered that the sound bar on the tv has has got a really great um it's great for listening to music so we dim the lights and just you know through our little phone we'll play you know a different playlist and we just put on the who can you trust one night and it's like wow it was just shit we were really good you know (laughs) this kind of um you know it didn't it didn't feel dated at all but um you know I'm biased obviously but uh yeah it was really it felt really good to hear it um I haven't you know I don't usually sit and listen to you know to the more Chiba albums in one you know sitting if it maybe if it comes on on it you know when you've got your iTunes on random but it was quite good to to hear the whole album in its entirety yeah, I was going to ask if you ever go back and listen to it. What what do those um what do those songs like mean to you now? How does it how does it does it feel any different when you listen to them now as opposed to back then? I mean, it takes me back to um the little flat that Ross and Paul had in North London and uh recording in this tiny little bedroom all three of us in this room and with these little uh, headphones on and tissue wrapped around the headphones because I I sang so quietly um they had to have the mic up really loud and everything would feed back and <laughs> all smoking and lighting his uh his uh, cigarettes in time with the music and stuff like that so <laughs> it was incredibly intimidating you know for for me um being quite shy and having to sing in front of them in, in this small space. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a quite a special time as well. Is that how that record was mostly made in that very sort of intimate setting? Yeah, yeah, wow. so funny. Uh, how did they, um, how'd they find you? How did you become part of the group? Yeah, well, so it's, uh, you know, my friend from college, um, she was working, um, at this reception as a receptionist and the courier um, who would deliver there invited her to a party Um, and she didn't know him very well this is like I've been invited to this party in in uh, Greenwich um, and I don't know the guy very well so you know come with me Um, well she said actually like here's the address (laughs) you know get there for a 
PM because I don't be there stranded with this guy that I don't know very well. So she gave me the address and I turned up at this house party at 11 p.m. as <laughs> requested to support my friend. And she didn't turn up until midnight. So I get to this house party early and the only two other people that were in the living room was Ross and this guy, Justin. So we got chatting um, and I had this drum kit. I used to play drums, not very well. Um, and I said to, you know, got chatting to Ross and somehow, you know, it was just, you know, it's like, I've got a drum kit if you want, I can sell it to you. So we exchanged numbers. Um, and I got the number of Justin and we started dating Justin and I, um, and then he told Ross, um, that I could sing like, cause they were in need of a singer because the singer, um, was Paul's girlfriend and they'd split up. Oh no. <laughs> um, so they were in need of a new singer. So, uh, Justin said to Ross and Ross was kipping on Justin's uh, floor in, in Hackney in East London and uh, he said yeah Sky can sing you know and I'm like why did you what did you tell him that for I can't sing what are you, what are you doing so I had to go over to their flat in, um, in Hackney I took my guitar and they liked the sound of my voice and um they played me a couple of songs and it's, and it's like, well, I can't sing like her, you know, she was more sort of soulful and quite loud and, and it's just like, you know, but I could sing it like this. And so, you know, it was, we, I think it was uh, a song called Cole, which is on the, who can you trust? So mm -hmm. I sang it more in the style that you hear it on the album. Um, and then we wrote to, uh, Trigger Hippie, that was uh, this, the first song that we wrote together. Hmm. So it was kind of kismet in a way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the summer 1994. Hmm. Um, and then um, my, my son uh, was born November 95. And then the album came out um, April 96 first oh, wow. of all April so we, we are we are almost exactly 25 years on then yeah oh interesting <laughs> isn't it it's just mental yeah I know it's it's so strange to think back especially because you guys have released now basically now 10 albums um you on eight of them but 10 Marchiba albums yeah over the course of 25 I mean that's a lot of work that's a lot of material that you've made and it's just it, I imagine it can be sort of uh mind-blowing if you let it be to kind of think back yeah I guess it is I mean it is what actually what blows my mind is that I was pregnant recording uh who can you trust and um now that child that I was pregnant with is the more cheaper drummer <laughs> oh that's so funny <laughs> I know. That blows my mind. <laughs> oh, that yeah, that is a trip, isn't it? <laughs> it's mental. Oh, well, I'm sure I'm sure he knows. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't I had not realized that um you joined and then Who Can You Trust started to be formed at uh, two years prior in '94. Um and I, I did look up um a few sort of big records that were coming out at that time because 
the mid nineties was kind of this explosion of dance and trip hop and um, kind of electronic elements being fused with rock and pop elements. Mm -hmm. Um, So just to name a few, I mean, 96 besides who can you trust had um, Beck's Odile, the Fuji score, uh, Stereo Labs, Emperor Tomato Ketchup, um, an Aphex Twin record. 95 had Post from Bjork and Max and K from Tricky. Wow. Um, had Dummy. It was in 94. Sade's Love Deluxe was a couple years before that. Um, so it was kind of just like this explosion of sound like that. Do you remember hearing any of that? Like, were you a music fan at that time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Um uh Portis head mm. uh, and I remember like being in Hythe so Hythe was where Ross and Paul grew up and I remember um being down that way in somebody's house um I think it was a friend of Justin um it was uh, my boyfriend at the time um and I just remember getting stoned just being really out of it <laughs> hearing that album just like you know, which is just brilliant. Um, and of course, yeah, the Fuji's, ooh la la la, you know, and yeah, Beck, it's just, that's just mental when you kind of read it out like that, all that music came out at that time. I know all these sort of classic records in yeah. a very short span of time. Absolutely. And Morchiba is sort of known and always has been known, to my knowledge, um, as being a group that sort of fused a lot of different sounds and influences i mean i think you guys are are very often labeled as a trip-hop group or you were yeah um which you know nothing to be ashamed of being a trip-hop group portishead's great (laughs) but you know on who can you trust and on the next few albums especially you know there was jazz there was r&b and tropical music and pop and dance i mean was there a conscious effort to blend sort of different sonic ideas or did you guys just sort of let it be whatever it was going to be yeah, I mean I mean for me I mean I you know I, I grew up with my parents um they listened a lot to country and western music um mm. and then you know and then my older sisters were more into R&B which um I mean not the R&B that you hear today and more soul and then another sister then got into to reggae and then of course then Paul was into hip-hop Ross more into his you know psychedelic rock and so it just worked out that way we fused together all of the the different types of music that we liked and that's why it was always hard hearing us you know when we were called a trip hop but I know that you know people need a label Mm -hmm. what kind of music do you do then you know and it's rather than reeling off well it's a bit of this and there's a bit of that it's a bit of this it's easy to say trip hop but um (laughs) You know, when you listen to Who Can You Trust and you've got a song that is just vocals and a string quartet, it's like, that's not trip hop. <laughs> so, um, you know, and then you've got your kind of more bluesy, you know, slide guitar, mm-hmm. uh, little instrumental tracks. So, you know, so it was, um, but yeah, you know, it's it's fine being called trip hop. It's sort of like an umbrella, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say trip hop is sort of, it seems like a bit of a catch-all sort of term you know it's kind of like is there some kind of electronic is there some kind of drum maybe there's a record scratch somewhere Mm -hmm. we're gonna call it trip hop but trip hop even portishead's music you know trip hop tricky's music it all kind of 
is many things. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. It is sort of an umbrella term. Yeah. So you did quite a few records with them, but then as you did mention, um, you departed the band for a little while. Um, 2002's Shirango was the last record you did with them until 2010. So you said there were two in between there. Yeah. Um, getting as specific as you want to get, what led to that break? <laughs> um, well, we just didn't like each other. That's, <laughs> you know, that's it. They, you know, they didn't like me. I didn't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't like each other much either. So, um, yeah, I was, you know, I, we did, uh, I mean, there was, I remember being in the studio, we were, we were just in like mastering Charango and, um, Paul said like, you know, I'm, I'm done with Mochiba. I just want to take a five-year break. I don't want to do this anymore. I want a five-year break. And I remember sort of thinking, shit, what am I going to do for five years? <laughs> okay, maybe I could, you know, go off and do a solo, a side project or something, you know. Um, and then we did, um, so that was, was it 2003 or 2002? Uh, that was 2002. And then 2003 was like a, a big year for us. We toured China, first band to tour China in, you know, venues where people were allowed to stand up. Hmm. Um, and we played, uh, Glastonbury headlined the, I think it was called the One World Stage at the time or the Jazz World Stage. We played Hollywood Bowl the same weekend. We did a show in Trafalgar Square, the first time they'd ever had a show in Trafalgar Square in London. Wow. Um, and then that was our last show. And I remember then going, you know, on holiday around Scotland with my family and getting a phone call from our manager saying, oh, it's over. Um, I'm like okay you know which was a relief because I was thinking shit how am I gonna how am I gonna leave these guys how am I gonna say I'm leaving you know it's like if Paul's you know sort of effing off for five years then I'm not gonna just hang around mm-hmm. um, and then um, so yeah our manager said yeah it's over um, so um, but they're gonna continue as more cheap I'm like Oh right! Oh, so it's over for me then. Oh no. <laughs> okay then. Um, so you know, I thought like it's over, as in we're all going to just take a break from each other. But um, no, it was just they continued as more cheaper. But I I heard that they wanted it to be, well, Paul wanted it to wanted to replace me on Fragments of Freedom, but he was talked out of it. So, mm. um, you know, so. Why, why? I mean, you know, just um, I think egos get in the way sometimes, and um, it's just like I always saw us as as a, as a team, and um, um, but um, Paul didn't see it that way, I guess. So um, you just so it just got sort of toxic in the end. Yeah, yeah, just mm. kind of, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a shame. But, um, so then what led to your return? Yeah, so they asked me to to come and sing on a couple of songs for Dive Deep. And I'm like, 
why would I want to do that? <laughs> no way. They, you guys hate me, don't you? And I hate you guys. So why would I want to come back to that? Um, so I, I just said no. Um, and um, my manager, out, who's still their manager, tried to talk me into it. It's just like, I, I, you know, I've not seen them in a number of years. And then I, they want me to just, you know, I just didn't want to do it. And then, you know, so that album came out. They got Judy Zook to sing, um, to sing the track instead. And then, um, then you know, the the next album came around, and the like. You know, actually, what happened was I I was in a meeting with Brendan, who's our manager, and I came out of that of the office and there's Ross across the street. I'm just like, oh my God, Ross is there. Like, and I ran in the opposite direction. I thought, this is <laughs> seven years later. So I haven't seen him in seven years. And it's like, I should just go and say hello. So I just took a deep breath and like, hey Ross. And you know, we just said hi, gave each other a cuddle. And it's like, we should, you know, why don't you come out for um, you know, for for a drink? And it's just like, maybe yeah and then again managers like they want to meet you for a drink why don't you do it and it's just like I, th- I just don't want to um and then my husband Steve was just like you should meet them at least for a drink just to see what they've got to say and um so um you know we met up and it was fine we had a laugh um and thought yeah we could maybe we could make some music together but um, and then I just but again, it was it was really tough and I had a lot of arguments with my husband over it because it's just like I don't want to go back to more but Why would I want to go back to that? And it's like it's been seven years. We can, you know, people change and, um, you know, you should do it, you know, for the legacy of the band, even just, you know, just do it, you know. So eventually he convinced me to. To. um you know to to rejoin and to you know to sing on the album and um you know we we started writing some songs together and so that was for uh blood like lemonade Mm -hmm. was it do you think that was the right decision like was it a good atmosphere was it any different absolutely yeah and you know that initially they were like you know we you know we've got this guy he's our he's our bass player and um he's singing some of the songs and it's just like you know it's kind of like going back to your old house and um sleeping on the couch instead of like <laughs> I, I want my old bedroom back as well man um so and he's like and if I'm going to be sleeping in my old bedroom I want my husband with me as well <laughs> so it's like you know that was part of it it's like you know Ross is like whatever whatever we can do to accommodate you so you know I sang all of the songs and um we wrote you know we wrote some some new ones and my husband Steve who was the more cheaper bass player um uh was invited back to be the bass player and it was yeah it was brilliant our first show that we did was in switzerland and it was just so much fun to be back on stage with ross and um paul didn't enjoy touring so he you know he decided um he wasn't going to be part of the live side of things and that that you know made a huge difference so we were all you know happy 
mm. tour and you know just both um it was just it was brilliant and it's and it's been great and it was great for for a long while um but you know Paul became more and more um dissatisfied and so he decided that he would leave um so that's what happened in 2014. Mm. And when you came back and started touring and sort of getting back into that more Chiba groove of your life, did you feel like it had changed? Was Did it feel better than it had before you left? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. We've all grown up and um, we mm. all have a, more of a, an appreciation of, of each other. And, and um, you know, Ross was just a lot happier. Um, so, um, you know, he'd, uh, he moved to, to Los Angeles um, when the band sort of, when we went our separate ways, shall we say. So he moved out to Los Angeles and, you know, started a new life there and then, um, then returned to the UK and um, married uh, uh, Amanda, who was the singer on Dive Deep. They have two children and, you know, that's just, um, he's just a changed man. So mm. just, um, yeah, it's wonderful. And now you feel like you're putting out your best work. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're both sort of, uh, you know, happy and settled. Um, and we we're on the same page musically. Mm. Um, and we both love touring we just love like you know when our um you know when our booking agent says oh we've got like it's a grueling schedule we've got like five shows in a row we're like okay you had me at grueling <laughs> it's like <laughs> let's do it we, you know which is which is just great you know and just having a, a, a great team of people and um, band and crew and you've got when you've got everything right then you know it's just um it's really easy it's nice when you enjoy touring especially so as you say so gruelingly I mean you guys have toured everywhere um and you've been doing it for so long it's nice that you still enjoy it and look forward to it absolutely yeah I mean you know it can be when if you've got like one bad egg then then that can sort of ruin everything so we've kind of learned our lessons you know I mean I'm talking about crew now you know if you've got Mm -hmm. that aren't you know if there's somebody that can be a diva then that can sort of you know upset the balance so we kind of know you know to not to be um sort of uh, walked over by um by the backline tech just because yeah. we don't have you know this is just so funny one of our the, a backline tech that we had it's no longer working with us we were doing a um like a private show in Russia and we were put up in this five-star hotel and you know everything's marble and the chandeliers everywhere and it's just you know it's you don't get it that often so you kind of you know you can really appreciate that appreciate that kind of thing and um I remember coming down for dinner and the backline guy was absolutely fuming pacing the floor trying to you know get the attention of the receptionist and I'm like what's what's happened what's the matter and he's like I can't believe it new towels I'm like what and he's like new towels so he was upset <laughs> there were brand new towels in his uh, bathroom 
um, because it's like the new towels, they're too fluffy and I can't dry myself properly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Uh, I just... can't fathom being <laughs> in this sort of palatial, beautiful marble hotel <laughs> and complaining about that. I know, I know. It's just insane. So that must have been a bit of a like wow moment. Like, okay. Wow <laughs> moment. Like there was a few of those before, like I thought, like, hang on a minute, like, you know, this guy has gotta go. Like just, <laughs> you know, there's no divas in the band. So it's just like, yeah, it's time, time to go. So but we've sorted that out and um Oh, that's good. You know, so yeah, it'd be great to get back to that and meet our our tour family again. That would be lovely. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody again. I know. I hope once things open up even more, you guys can then open up your tour even more. Absolutely. You do you? I feel like Marchiba doesn't actually or hasn't um, toured the U.S. very often. Yeah. Well, we have. We have. Um, okay. You know, plenty of times, but. Um, I'm trying, I mean, yeah, we was there um, 2019. Oh, okay. Sure of it, yeah. Oh, there goes my I'm dog. Sure. <laughs> oh, like, I'm sure we, we try and hit America as often as we can. Um, but, but having said that, it's, I mean, not like how we used to. I mean, you know, in the early days, it was, we'd be three months on the road around America and going to all of the little places in between. But now it's just like, okay, San Francisco, LA, you know, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of just like the big places. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Cause it's just, um, it's so costly. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, back then, you know, the record company were, it was always sort of, you know, they were funding it and then we were, we were poor, <laughs> but we were touring constantly and um, putting in a lot of work then. Um, I just remember doing uh, like uh, morning radio, college radio, drive time radio. We would do in stores at the local um, uh, record shops and um you know, just go around thanking them for hanging our posters and mm-hmm. and greets before the show and after the show. And so I think it really paid off all of that, all of the, the time that we put in that people, um, you know, remember us. And when we, you know, when we do play in America, then, you know, the fans and supporters always come. Yeah, it, it, I can imagine myself being in, a scenario sort of like like yours and I, I would get nervous you know about people's being there you know like that that relief that I would feel I, I would feel quite relieved to see that they're still there you know that they're still there yeah. for us so that's that's how I feel now it's like <laughs> um because you know people's you know attitudes mindsets have changed somewhat um you know, there's a lot of fear of of crowds and you can get used to being indoors and um, not seeing anybody. And um, so it's, I mean, it's not, it's not a fear as such, but it's like, are people going to want to come to 
gigs and um, mm-hmm. doors are they going to feel how is it going to work people still going to be nervous the social distancing and the you know are people going to expect be expected to wear masks and mm. it's like I mean even you know so my daughter is she just turned six and you know when it's somebody's birthday they're not allowed to sing happy birthday they're not allowed yeah. to sing in in class because that's you know propelling air and uh, <laughs> you know they're not masked up at that age um, right so um you know it's like will people be allowed to sing that um you know do they all have to wear masks and you know that kind of stuff so it'll be interesting to see how what a gig looks like in 2021 yeah it will and it will be interesting to sort of see the evolution of it over mm-hmm. the next 10 or 12 months yeah what that looks like yeah um so then we've mentioned it numerous times i mean this is the 10th Marchiba album and i'm presuming um you and ross have no intention of this being your final Marchiba album no um so what does keep you guys going what keeps inspiring you to to work together and make new music gosh um i don't I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we like each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's much better than we didn't like each other anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, we just, you know, like creating music and, you know, I love, um, it's like a jigsaw. Um, I love, you know, piecing a song together and, um, you know, creating a melody and, and trying to, yeah you know write lyrics that and subjects that I haven't talked about before which is not easy because it's so easy to kind of like you know I'm going to write a love song but I don't want to use the word love in it (laughs) (laughs) how do you do that um so you know it's just it's just a nice little challenge it's it's enjoyable it's our job as well it's like you know it's it's just I couldn't really imagine doing you know anything else I I mean I, I I sew, I like sewing. So, but, um, you know, sewing as a career, I couldn't really imagine doing that. Mm -hmm. Do you have any ambition to put out more solo work? I would like to, yeah. Um, So, you know, I'm always, uh, you know, when I'm writing poems in those wee hours when I can't sleep, then, um, you know, maybe they'll develop into into songs you know my husband and I always talking about oh wouldn't it be great to do an album with you know such and such or Mm -hmm. take a year out and this would have been the year actually I mean if we were allowed to travel then um you know we would have gone to to California and met up with some some friends out there and recorded an album that a solo album that's probably how it would work you know Mm -hmm move the family out there and um that's kind of like a a little kind of uh thing that uh always keeps sort of coming back to us wouldn't it be great to live in in cali and um hang out with some our friends that live out there and go to the mountains and the desert and just you know record music so maybe in a few years time we'll see yeah, when all the dust sort of settles. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, I will mention again, the newest Morchiba album comes out on May 14th. I'm not 100% sure if it will be out when this airs or if this will air right after it's out. But if it's out and you're listening to this, <laughs> then go listen to the album. <laughs> yeah. um, thank you so much for talking to me, Sky. Thank you for talking to me. It's I appreciate it so much. It has been such a pleasure. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out, especially at such a late hour <laughs> to talk with me about. I can't see, like, I haven't got my glasses on. but <laughs> it's, Don't worry, it's late. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can go to sleep now. I won't keep you any longer. <laughs> well, have a good day. Enjoy the rest of your day. And, um, you know. Yes. Good luck with the teaching and the schooling. And oh, thank you. Yes, and good luck with the album. I'm sure you're excited. It's coming out so soon. Absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah. So we've got a new video coming too for a song called uh, Killed Our Love. Um, so, you know, that's really exciting for everyone to see that. So it's the same video um, director, sorry, that we've had for all three videos. So it's kind oh, of okay. a trilogy. It's kind of sort of linked um you know in a really subtle way so yeah well, that's exciting nice and i can't wait to hear the rest of the album oh man you haven't got it of course i didn't even hear it <laughs> i wasn't gonna ask for it i wasn't gonna be like oh, oh and also send me the album <laughs> yes i just thought ross would have sent you like a link and then we could have talked about it and stuff but now you're gonna have to wait <laughs> yeah i'll wait i'll wait and i'll i'll play it on on release day don't worry awesome thank you very much for that excellent yes and thank you so much again for talking with me it's been nice a pleasure. One. brilliant Alrighty, take care then have a good evening bye 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 mm-hmm.